And this morning, um, we are finally closing our series called When is When? And, uh, you know, the point of this whole series was just to make us all aware of all of these fake commitments that so many of us make, right? Like, when I have the time, that's when I'll serve. And when I have more money, that's when I'll give. And when I get that promotion, that's when I'll support missions. And whenever this good things happen to me, then, you know, fill in the blank. And I believe the Holy Spirit has been challenging us and he's been saying to us, like, come on, when is when? And I want to let you know that the time is now, right? The time is now to get our schedules in order, to get our finances in order, to get our families in order. And at the end of the day, all of, all of this stuff deals with stewardship. And through the course of this series, we learned what stewardship really is. Stewardship is the careful and responsible management of something that's entrusted to somebody else's care. And we also learned over these last few weeks that you and I are our managers, right? God has set us up to be managers, managers of the resources that God has entrusted us, right? He's entrusted us with time, and he's entrusted us with our talents, with our abilities, with certain gifts. He's entrusted us with our families. He's entrusted us with our finances. He's entrusted us with our positions. He's entrusted us with our lives. And at the end of the day, none of these things actually belong to us. They all belong to him. And because they all belong to him, there's going to be a day where you and I are going to have to give an account to God for how we managed his resources. And so this morning, I want to ask you, how are you handling God's resources? I mean, God has set you up in this management position. He's put you in charge of a vast number of different things. So how are you managing his stuff? Some of us are doing pretty great. In terms of time, we're doing pretty well. I mean, we make it a point to spend time with Jesus every day and we make it a point to spend some time in serving other people. And some of us were doing pretty great in terms of our finances. I mean, we're not chasing after the Joneses. We're not chasing after material things. And we're living in, in obedience by giving God first. Some of us are doing pretty well with our families. We recognize the family role that God has placed us in. We, we submit to our better halves. We don't have a problem with that. I mean, we're, we're genuinely seeking God's will in all things for our families. Some of us, were doing pretty well in terms of our positions. There are some people here who you've embraced the position that God has called you to, and, and, and we're learning how to encourage up, and we're learning how to lead up. For others of us, we're, we're learning how to be mentored by people who have gone before us. But a lot of us who are here in this room, if we were really honest with ourselves, a lot of us take our management position for granted. A lot of us take for granted all of these different things that God has put in our care. I mean, we don't really value what he's given us. 
And in the long run, we end up misusing, mistreating, and neglecting all of these resources that God has given to us. You know, how you treat something shows how much you value it. How you treat someone shows how much you value them. I mean, how you care for somebody else's property shows how much you care for that person. You ever notice that people value and take extra care for things that cost them quite a bit? Like if you, if you rent an apartment and you have to put a security deposit down, the owner knows that you're going to go out of your way to make sure that the place is taken care of really well. You treat a new car that costs you $30,000 a lot differently than treating a car that might cost you $700. You know, over the years on staff, I mean, we've learned that it's not always easy for a lot of people here to attend some of our Glad Tidings events that may have a cost to them. And because we don't want anyone to miss out We've always said, hey, listen, if you can't afford such and such an event, don't worry, we'll cover you. Well, because it doesn't cost that person any, anything, you know, more often than not, many of these people become last-minute no-shows, and we're left footing that bill. But when there's a cost, there's a different story. When we ask a person to put something towards a glad tidings event, they are more likely to be responsible for showing up to that event because it costs them something. Isn't it true that if it costs us more, we value it more? We take care of that thing more. Why? Well, it's because money doesn't grow on trees. In order for you to get some money, to get some finances, it's going to cost you. It costs you something. It costs you your time. It costs you physically. It costs you emotionally. But if there's something that's considered valuable and you didn't pay for it, you can be very apathetic towards it. You can be very careless with that thing. And I wonder if this is what's happened to Christianity in the West. I mean, could it be that for so many Christians, your faith hasn't cost you anything? And so you don't really value your salvation the way that you ought to value it. We've, we've become apathetic in our faith. We've become apathetic to our calling. We've become apathetic towards serving other people. And worst of all, we've become apathetic in following Jesus. I mean, when you look at your own life, what does it really cost you to follow Jesus? Is it, is it possible that for a lot of us, the only sacrifice to being a Christ follower is giving up your Sunday morning? If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Luke chapter 9, verse 57 onwards.
Luke chapter 9, verse 57. <clears throat> In this passage, Jesus is speaking to three people. Um, and these three people show a lot of passion for following Jesus. But each of these three people have some excuses. And Jesus' response to them is pretty interesting. This is where we pick it up in verse 57. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But the man said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus says, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. This passage is pretty interesting. It's as if Jesus is actually trying to talk these people out of following him. But you know, from the very beginning, Jesus paints a very clear picture that following Jesus has a cost. There's a cost of following him. The first man says to Jesus, he says, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Here's a man, and, and he sees something in Jesus that he loves. And, and he quickly makes this really bold commitment to Jesus, and he strongly says, I will go with you wherever you go. And Jesus says, even foxes and birds have more of a home than I do. I mean, Jesus is saying to him, listen, are you willing to abandon the security of this world? Are you, are you willing to abandon the safety of your home and of your town? He says to this man that he's not offering this man any type of physical comfort. It's not comfortable following this Jesus. And Jesus is saying this to us, and he's saying that discipleship implies that there's going to be some struggle, and there's going to be some warfare. There's going to be some difficulties, and it's not easy. I'll go with you wherever you go. You know, we've seen a lot of people say this. They, they, they see something in Jesus that they like. And they make a bold commitment by following him, by following him into the waters of baptism. They boldly profess that they will live for Jesus, and then the problems come. And then the challenges come, and just like that, they disappear. I want to tell you this morning that Jesus isn't into Sunday-only commitment. He's not into some type of cheap commitment to him. If you're going to follow him, he wants your complete surrender in every area of your life, not just the stuff that you're comfortable with. 
You know, this commitment is this commitment to be a faithful steward of Jesus. The commitment to be a steward of Jesus, we found out over the course of these last weeks, this was a hard look at our lives. This was not an easy series. This was a tough couple of weeks because it forced us to examine the foundation of our lives and to see where some cracks lie. And the question that Jesus is saying is, would you rather have the comfort of this world? If you think about all the things that God has asked you to steward, the things that were really tough at the end of the day had to deal with comforts of this world. And Jesus is saying, to follow me means that you give up the comforts of this world. It's not going to be easy following me. Verse 59. To another man, Jesus says, follow me. But the man says to Jesus, allow me first to go home and bury my father. And Jesus says to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. There are some people who think that this man may have wanted to to fulfill some duties, being the eldest son, being close to his father, so that he can get his inheritance. And Jesus is saying, listen, don't put tradition ahead of following him. Don't put your own desires ahead of following this Jesus. Jesus uses this statement to say, let those who are spiritually dead bury the physically dead. Jesus is looking for those who are spiritually alive. He's looking for those who are wanting to put him above everybody else. I mean, Jesus is looking for those who are willing to put him above anything else. Jesus wants those who are going to follow him to put him above everything else in your life. There's a lot of scholars who believe that this man's father wasn't even dead, probably wasn't even sick. But what this man is actually saying is, when I take care of my family obligations, I'll have some more time and then I'll follow you. When I get the approval of my family, that's when I'll follow you. When I get that inheritance from my family, I'll have more finances and then I'll follow you. And Jesus is saying, when is when? Okay, he's not saying that. I'm paraphrasing that. He's saying, let the bed dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Jesus is saying, listen, the time is now. The time is now to do away with all these excuses that we've had all along. The time is now. The kingdom of God is at hand because the king is here. You don't have time to be wasting. The time is now. And this is what Jesus is saying to us. 
He's saying, look, in terms of your time and your family and your position and your finances and all these things that we've been talking about throughout the course of all of these weeks, Jesus is saying to you, the time is now. I'm going to ask Tim to come forward this morning. And we're going to close by looking at the last person found in verse 61. And another person said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus says, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Jesus is here and he's, he's making reference to a farmer using a plow to plow the field. And the goal of the farmer is to make these straight rows in the ground. And the way to make these straight paths in the ground is by looking ahead. It's by looking at a distant object. And Jesus creates this picture of this farmer who, rather than looking ahead at this distant object, he's constantly looking back. And the Greek words here for looking behind have this picture of someone who's constantly looking back at things. He's just always looking back. Even though he's trying to get ahead, he's just always looking back. And so the result is that you don't get this straight path moving forward. You get these crooked and curved rows. And it's just a mess. Jesus' message is, follow me and don't let the things of this world get in the way. A lot of us have our eyes on the wrong thing. We have our eyes on these physical comforts. Some of us have our eyes on material desires. Some of us have our eyes on financial desires. I want to encourage you this morning to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus while you experience wealth, and while you experience poverty. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus in the good times. And keep your eyes fixed on Jesus in the turbulent storms. And so this morning, I want to ask you a question. Where do you have your eyes focused on this morning? Is it on the comforts of your life? Are your eyes fixed on some cultural traditions? Is it on your family obligations? Is it on gaining wealth? Is it on your career? Is your eyes fixed only on your education? Is it on acceptance from other people? Maybe you're here and you're somebody who's constantly looking back. I mean, are you looking back at how your life used to be? Are you looking back at the things that you used to have? Or maybe you're someone who is always looking back at your past failures, 
and you're saying, man, I can't serve Jesus because of this thing in my past. I mean, I want to follow Jesus, but there was that person who I was with in my past. I mean, I, I want to follow Jesus, but there are those places that I used to go in my past. I want to follow Jesus, but I used to have this habit in my past. I want to follow Jesus, but... Listen to the words of Paul in Philippians chapter 3. He says this, There's one thing that I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This morning with your eyes closed and with your heads bowed, I'm going to ask the prayer team if you would come forward this morning. And I want to tell you that the call to follow Jesus is a call to complete surrender. I mean, as we close out this series, I mean, there are areas in your life that I hope that you've examined and found that maybe you haven't completely surrendered to him. Areas in your family with your abilities, with your finances, with your position, with the call of God on your life, I mean, have you completely surrendered to him this morning? Have you completely surrendered your time to Jesus? Have you completely surrendered your family to him? Have you completely surrendered your abilities to him? Have you completely surrendered your life to him? And maybe you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus into your heart or into your life. And if that's you, would you just, would you raise your hand here in this place? If that's something that you want to do and you want Jesus into your heart and in your life. Maybe you're here and you have Jesus in your heart and in your life, but maybe you haven't been a very good steward. Maybe you, you found that you needed some help in, the area, in certain areas of stewardship. Maybe your time, maybe your talents, maybe your service, maybe your finances. And you don't need to raise your hand at this point, but I'm just going to ask that you would pray and completely surrender those areas. You know, a lot of times when we leave these doors, we can agree with everything that's being said here. But there's a disconnect between these doors and our house. And some of you just need help. You need help with your time management and you need accountability with your finances and, and with service and what's going on with your family. And I want to tell you that this group of people up here would love to pray with you, love to walk with you. Lord Jesus, we come before you this morning. God, we are grateful for the management positions that you have put us in. 
God, help us to be good stewards of your time. Help us to be good stewards of the talents and the gifts that you have given to us. God, help us to be good stewards of the salvation that we have in you. God, we completely surrender to you. God, would you help us in this management role that you have us in? Give us the courage and the strength and help us to know that you are always, always with us. And we pray this in your name. Amen. This morning, Tim is going to continue leading us in some worship, and you're welcome to stay where you're at and worship. And this morning, if you need some prayer, if you need healing, we want to believe for a healing for you. And one of our prayer team members would love to pray with you. And if you need to leave, we ask that you would leave quietly. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us by fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. God bless you this morning.